Hello, my awesome friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Friday today, and be sure to check out the product of the week, B-Complex Formula, on sale right now, and be sure to vote for what you want to see win next week as well. B-Complex Formula, probably one of the best methylated B vitamins in the entire world, on sale for over 10% off right now, so be sure to check it out this weekend. And I saw an interesting meme in a video, I guess you could call it, yesterday, and it was kind of making a joke about what we're starting to see with this rampant crime that is literally exploding. And there's an article I read last night said violent thieves in Washington, D.C. are now targeting pedestrians, cyclists, and drivers. And it's not news to anyone that Washington, D.C. usually has very high crime rate, but it's becoming much higher in the fact that things are turning into fatal shootings now. Now, ironically with this is, you know, firearms in Washington, D.C. are much more harder to obtain and possess and carry than a lot of other states in the entire country, yet they're seeing a massive uptick where robbers are ambushing victims on sidewalks, while they're on bicycles, while they're in cars, and essentially trying to strong-arm them with a firearm. And these robberies are turning in deadly when a lot of these people don't want to go along with it, and these stick-ups turn fatal. And what's interesting about this is they said the number of holdups reported by the Metropolitan Police Department has exploded this year by over 60% just in the last six months. They said as thieves brazenly confront citizens outside bars, libraries, and their own apartments. Now, interestingly enough, I had a friend of mine send me a video, and it was over in California. And if you guys know, I mean, we don't deal with this down here in Florida because in Florida you do stuff like this. We, I'll just be honest with you. You should get shot in the face. You don't. You can't do stuff like this in Florida. You, you get shot. Just <laughs> what happens. Terrible, Austin. It's just what happens. I'm listening. It's just it's what happens. Now in California, on the other hand, um, you know, if somebody's robbing you with a firearm, you basically have to lay on the ground and you know urinate on yourself and apologize for you know not you know calling them the right gender while they're robbing while they're basically robbing you with a firearm. It's pretty much the laws in California. The absurd. Well, because of this now. You know, all the stores, Walgreens, CVS, any of them, pretty much everything's locked up now. I've seen videos of this now, and I'm sure you guys have too, where people go in the stores and everything's in these hard acrylic plexiglass boxes with locks on everything. Well, there's a video somebody sent me last night over in California, and the robbers are now going in with blowtorches. Not joking. They're walking in right into the stores in a Walgreens, walks right into Walgreens with a blowtorch in his hand, walks right up to this whole aisle with all these different things on it, and he starts blowtorching the locks off. and starts busting all of them open and stealing them. The reason why you're seeing over the last couple of years the government become so extremely soft on crime is because they wanted to come in now and embolden Criminals, and we've watched that now in certain areas. Criminals are so emboldened, they don't even care. They don't even wear a mask. This guy in this video wasn't even wearing a mask, walks into a Walgreens with a blowtorch. Who does stuff like that? Well, apparently these guys do. And so what's happened is now criminals have become emboldened. So stores, what do they start doing? They start locking stuff up. They start locking up everything. Well, then the government becomes softer on crime. They've got this zero bail reform now where you can go in and do an armed robbery violent robbery and all of a sudden you go in they book you and you go right out the back door you don't even sit in jail you don't even get the luxury of having to eat the garbage jail food that they feed you nothing you just go right in what's happened is then 
criminals start using blowtorches and all types of other devices to get what they want, then the government has a solution presented. And that's exactly where we're rolling into this now. As stores are locked up, how are you going to get things? And then comes in the digital payment ID to purchase goods, where everything becomes digital to even get into the store. As we've seen in Aldi's now over in Europe, where you have to scan your basically QR code on your phone in order to get past the turnstiles to get into Aldi's, no exceptions. Other stores now, somebody sent me a video in New York where you actually have to walk up to the door. You have to make sure your face is uncovered and you have to look into a camera for them to record you so they open the door. So they want to have you on direct camera footage walking in with full face so they can make sure they know who you are before you walk into the store. This isn't going to get worse. Or excuse me, this isn't going to get better. It's going to get much worse because what they're doing is, as Dad has said repeatedly, out of chaos comes a new world order. They want to bring in all this chaos. It's not an accident that these DAs and basically these um, these governors are coming in now and putting in these moronic laws where individuals can just continually go back to jail over and over and over again. In some cases, two and three times in twenty four hours, from what I've read. Because, well, it's science, guys. It's for your protection and safety. Yet you do something even minor, and the Fed boys want to make sure that you're not going to be able to live freely unmolested on your way because you walked on the Capitol building and recorded something. You're now inciting a riot, and we're going to arrest you, and extradite you back to D.C. and hold you without pretrial release for an entire year and a half while we figure out how to punish you for walking on the Capitol building with a phone. That's the entire concept of what happens when tyranny begins to ensue, my friends. You have rules for thee but not for me. You have these groups that are able to do anything they want with zero consequences while law-abiding citizens are told repeatedly, you know, you can't do any of this. You can't do this, can't do this, can't say this, can't go here. Like we talked about yesterday, <laughs> there's a whole portion of this generation that actually thinks it's okay to arrest people or fine them. For misgendering someone, that's really where we're going with this now? And the answer is yes. And this is why I've said repeatedly, you have to make sure you're teaching your children the truth about really what's going on. The topics that people don't want to talk about, you have to bring up. Obviously, keep them age-appropriate. Certain things don't need to be discussed yet at certain ages, but you have to talk about this stuff with your kids, with your friends, with your family, because open discussions, open topics – breed different ideas. They breed different concepts. And this is one of the reasons why I personally think they wanted everything shut down during COVID. They wanted no bars or restaurants open. They wanted nobody having a business that wasn't controlled like Costco, Sam's, or Walmart. They wanted nobody to be able to communicate without doing it simply anywhere without being on your phone. You pretty much had to be on your phone to communicate during COVID for the most part. That's one of the main reasons I think they wanted to do this. They wanted to prevent people from being able to talk freely about topics, and they wanted to basically monitor and record everything that people were talking about. And that's why I have said repeatedly, and don't at me on this. Don't send me an email and say I'm paranoid because I'm not. I'm being accurate. If you have a private conversation you want to have with someone, have it in person. And if need be, make sure phones are in a different room or in a different area and you have a private conversation. And make sure you don't have one of these stupid Alexa things in somebody's houses, my friends. Please, these, these, these internet of things, these little items that everybody starts to put in their houses for these smart items, 
they record every single thing you do as far as when it comes to speech. Everything, guys. So be very cautious having things in your house. I've talked in detail about articles, people getting busted and tech firms getting busted on recording people's information on a regular basis. Privacy is something that I think in the United States now the vast majority of people have taken for granted. We really have. You don't think about it anymore. It's just the new normal, especially after 9-11. You just kind of take it for what it is when in reality – our privacy is one of the most important things we have as free Americans in a republic. Ironically enough, you constantly see one thing after another with operations trying to take people's biometrics on a regular basis. This is something that's so strange to me because every time I turn around, there's another video, another topic about people's biometrics being taken. And there's an article that just came out and it was discussing this new Wave Plus handheld palm vein scanner that extends biometric identification into numerous applications in everyday lives, including payments, access control, and ticketing. They've said the vast majority of companies that have taken on the Wave Plus device, which records your entire vein structure, goes in and essentially looks at everything. It's a vein scanner, and they're saying that offices, retail stores, hospitals, stadiums, resorts, and airports are all companies that are positioned to put these things in place. And so they just simply want to they want to get your vein scanned before you come on the property. Well, because, of course, it's for your protection. Oh, it's also, too, because we're trying to cut down on crime. You know, We want to make sure nobody steals anything, while at the same time, <laughs> you've got DAs that are letting people out on bail after the same day of them being involved in a violent crime. So clearly, it's not about protection. It's not about safety. It's about control, as it always is, to decide what you're going to put up with, what you're going to consent to, and if you really want every aspect of your biometrics presented out there because they talk about palm scanners now with Amazon One. They're talking about retina scanners like I talked about earlier this week that they want to get people in with these digital wallets. Now they're talking about vein scanners. How much biometrics is enough? And the answer is zero for me. I'll just opt out of all of that. But they want to get people desensitized to this on a regular basis, hence why they're rolling all this stuff out very slowly and then talking about how safe and amazing it is. What do you think about this stuff, Dad, with the, this constant biometric stuff that they want all the time? Uh, it seems now. I'm still thinking about you telling people in Florida you get shot in the face. I have to laugh about that. Well, but, it but, happens. Uh, well, no, I mean, it, it, this this is the Florida is just not that state where this stuff's going to happen. And that new country, that country guy came out with that song. Of course, it was banned immediately. And now it's you know, like number one on Apple or whatever's on YouTube about how, you know, small town America basically doesn't put up with this nonsense because, you know, we're still a bunch of patriots and we're not going to put up with it at all. And you know, that's where we are. But as far as biometrics and scanning and all that, this goes back further than that. Okay, we gotta go. We gotta drop it back another notch. You know, all of these, you know, you know, Twenty One and Me and all these different companies now. So many of these different companies are being sold out to BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. Yep. And what they're doing here, Austin, is is this is all part of identification of somebody via their DNA to make sure they got the right person before they target them with a frequency weapon. I can't believe I said that. Uh, you know, this is this Tesla discovered this. He discovered it was a death ray, and, and he knew all about this. You know, and he talked about it, how you could target a person's individual DNA. It's all based in James Bond, the last one. They were using these weapons to target an individual's DNA. They don't like Germans. Just that's kind of bad for me and you, also. But they don't like us. Okay, they don't like anybody with German DNA. 
because you know we stood against the tyranny of the new world order and the banking cartels as far as our ancestors did and we've stood against the roman empire and everything else as our ancestors did thousands of years ago and all of this stuff is all part of the dna package of how well you're going to fight against the person who's trying to oppress you now some people you know like the filipinos are pretty do- they're pretty docile and the and the thai people are pretty docile and so there's certain dnas that are more subjected to basically just chilling out now, the Somalians, you know, they're not real bright, most of them. There's maybe some really smart Somalians, but not most of them. Average IQ is like 56 or 66 or whoever you look for. So you can tell them to strap on a suicide vest to go blow themselves up, and they're going to get 50, 60 virgins in about 10 seconds, and they're all happy about that, and they'll do it. But there's a certain group of us out here that don't want to do it. Now, it may, you may be Irish. You may be Italian. You may be you know, Russian. You may be English. You know, your background, your DNA – and you may have certain things that you like to do, certain things you don't like to do. It doesn't matter. You could be African-American. You could be Hispanic. You could be Latin. Whatever you want to be, it doesn't matter. There's certain DNA markers that you have that make you stand against certain types of tyranny based upon who you are and how you were raised. Just thought I'd mention this. And I've talked about it in depth that everybody has a specific genetic frequency, a certain vibratory note in which your body is basically a certain note on a certain scale you know, to the you know, 20th power or whatever. It's like the point zero 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 all the way down to your hair color, your eye color, your personality, all of that. They want to know who you are. That's why they've done all of these crazy things with palm scanners and vein scanners and retinal scanners and everything else because they want to track Every single motion movement that you do your entire life, they want you to be basically a, you know, a dot on their matrix scale. And here you are. You have an IP address because they've inserted a compound into you that has graphene oxide and it's created a sensor in you. And that sensor is now sending out information as a read-write unit to allow them to track your every motion that you do. They can monitor you completely into the Internet of Things. You become a node. All you are is another link. They've, they've dumped this, they dumped all of this biotech into the plants. Everything is a giant matrix now of which you wander through it. And like you said with Alexa, <laughs> why would you bring Alexa into your house? Somebody gave me an Alexa about four or five years ago. I immediately regifted it. I didn't even want it in my home. I regifted it. I told them, hey, don't be giving these things out. This is bad. This is basically a, a tracker. It's going to monitor everything you say and do in your house. It's, it's a, you, you just insert a spyware into your house. And it's, it's bad enough that our thermostats are spying on us. It's bad enough these two refrigerators spy on us. It's bad enough that all these electronics are intertwined now around us and that we have no ability to have privacy. That's bad enough. But now they want to come in and make sure they've injected a bioweapon into you. And, you know, I mean, I spent 400 hours in the biochemical genetics lab at FSU in the karate building before they tore it down. This is, I took a class called Neurospora Crassa. The thing, the silly class was 30 to 40 hours every week just in research. And it was, it was nuts what happened, how much work that class took. And I remember my, my, my head professor was Dr. Gib DeBusk. I'll never forget. I mean, I remember that class like it was yesterday. And it was, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about biochemical genetics. I learned a lot about all kinds of things, including how much research it takes to put together certain types of compounds and certain types of, how should you say, um, formulations on changing DNA of stuff. It was an interesting class. But what the most the most remarkable thing here is this. That's what they're doing to us now. Klaus Schwab, by 2030, you know nothing. <laughs> you know nothing. We're going to change your DNA. We're going to make you something else. We're going to, we're going to change you. You know nothing. 
You think he's joking? You think that's a joke? This guy is a perverted. Okay, I almost said a bad word. He's a weirdo. He likes to walk around in evening attire that's a wedding dress that I guess is of some kind of perverted costume on the beach. Yeah, that's that's Klaus Schwab, right? He's he's just you can look it up. Klaus Schwab and wedding dress and silk and just look it up. And the crazy part about all of this stuff is like like Zelensky yesterday. Zelensky, you know, I was talking yesterday to a to to a well, I just had a date yesterday, and I was talking to her, and, and she was talk, talking about Ukraine and this and that. And I said, "You so you like Zelensky?" I said, "You do realize that he basically likes to dress up in leathers and high heels and dance, and he's pretty much a the bisexual weirdo pervert. Oh, so, no, that's not true. Um, so I said, well, would you like to watch the video? <laughs> so, I pulled, so I pulled up the video. She goes, oh, wow. Well, this has to be Photoshopped. It can't be real. I said, no, this is real. This is the weirdo that we're supporting over there. And she goes, well, I have to do some research on this. And I said, why don't you do that? I'll, I'll get back with you later. <laughs> okay. The, the reality is this, is that there's a certain group of people out there. I don't care if you show them the evidence. I don't care if you stick their nose up to it. I don't care if you show them microscopic proof of graphene oxide and toxins and poisons and mercury and aluminum in shots that are damaging the brains of infants that are neurotoxins, and you can show them 300 articles. It doesn't matter. They will not believe. Remember what Jesus said with Lazarus, and I've read you this verse before. And Lazarus and the rich man, <laughs> you know, Lazarus basically dies and he goes to heaven. And he's sitting in Abraham's bosom and Abraham is there, you know, monitoring everything, I guess. And, you know, God's there. And, and also he sees the rich man down in hell. And there's a great chasm fixed between them. And, you know, and Lazarus can see this and they can see that. They're actually talking to each other. And the, and the, and the rich man says, please, please send somebody back from the dead and tell my family what this place is so they will not come here. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, even if somebody returns from the dead, they will not believe. And isn't that what we find ourselves in today, my friends? Isn't that the matrix that we find ourselves in? Isn't that the place that we find ourselves in right now? We, the patriots, we, the people who understand what's going on, we, the people that are taking you know, N-acetylcysteine and natokinase and vitamin E and HGA stimulate and nitric oxide, all the things to mitigate effects of the damaging effects of what they've done to us. And we are awake and we're trying to tell our families and our friends about what they're doing with a biochemical weapon and a kill shot. And they still will not listen. You know, here's the thing. You're not going to save everybody. You can please some of the people some of the time. Heck, you can help get some of the people saved some of the time. But you ain't going to save everybody. And there are certain people out there, no matter what you do, no matter what you try, no matter how hard you tell them the truth and the information and the research and the articles and the peer-reviewed science, it does not matter because they will not believe. So here we find ourselves and we realize that we have to put on the full armor of God and that we have to stand no matter what, we have to stand. And we have to bring honor and glory to God in all that we do think and say. And we've got to realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. For this is the day the Lord hath made. 
and I will rejoice and I will be glad of it. And I will proclaim you before men, but you will proclaim me before the Father. And so we have this relationship that we have that's paramount to our existence for all of eternity. As I told you before, there's a giant timeline that goes from the beginning to the end. I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega, I'm the beginning, I'm the end. And we're a little dot on that timeline. Yeah, I don't care if you live 100 years. The dot line of infinity, it's a tiny little dot, a decimal point. And then we're here, and we're gone. And we realize very, very quickly, the only thing that matters is what we do for Christ and who we bring to salvation and our family and our friends and those that we can talk to about Jesus, the author, the finisher, and the perfecter of our faith. Because through him, all things are possible. And we can talk to these people, but guys, listen to me. And it's so important. Remember when Jesus sent his disciples out to the towns and the parishes and the cities and all of the stuff to Judea. And he said, you walk in. And he said, if they do not listen, you shake the dust off your feet and you walk away. Sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you just got to walk away. Sometimes you got to plant the seed like the sower and the seed. And other times you just got to walk away and say, you know what? I love you. I wish the best for you. And I pray that God touches you and he anoints you and he heals you and he shows you the truth. And I'll be your friend, but I can't deal with this. I've got to walk away. Friends, listen to me. Sometimes you're carrying a little bit too much baggage. Listen to me. It's important right now. Sometimes there are certain people you're hanging out with certain behavioral patterns that you're involved in, certain things that you're doing, certain things you're looking at, certain things you're saying, certain people who are in your close circle that aren't helping you in the long run. Hey, let's go smoke some pot. Hey, let's go drink some alcohol. Let's go, let's go commit some adultery. Guys, listen to me. There are certain people out there you just don't need to hang out with. There are certain people out there you can tell them the truth you got to step away and you got to realize that it's going to take a whole lot more than you for this intervention. And I'll be honest with you. Some people need to go through a hardcore spiritual deliverance that are your friends right now and you're hanging out with them. And always remember this. There's a pit. And a lot of people live in the pit. It's like it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Guys, some people don't walk through the shadow of the valley of death. They build a house there. They built a house there. They set up a tent there. They put a structure in, and they start doing everything they know to do to live in the valley of the shadow of death under unbelievable oppression. And no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how you try to help them, they've always got a rain cloud over them. It's like you need to put an umbrella over them, but they don't listen. Sometimes you've got to realize that you don't live in the valley of the shadow of death. It says, though I walk through it, not that I stop there. Sometimes you got to walk away because when these people fall into that pit that they seem to always be in and you drop a 26-foot extension ladder down in there, you say, climb out of the pit. And they look at you and they go, but I don't want to climb out of the pit. I need help. I've got all these bags with me, which is their baggage and their trash from their past that they don't want to let go, which is what put them into the pit and dragged them into the pit to start with. And you go down the ladder and you say, let me help you out of the pit. Well, hang on. we got to do the bags first. And you go, now, how about I don't do the bags? How about the pit's about to fill with quicksand? How about we're about both to die here? How about you got to realize that you need to get out of the pit and leave your stupid bags behind? 
And they look at you and they say, but you don't understand. I can't leave my bags behind. This is my life. And you're like, dude, you have messed up your life. You got a lot of bags here. You got a crack habit. You got a meth habit. You got an alcohol habit. You got a cigarette habit. You got all these things that are tearing you apart on the inside, making you age really, really fast, that are keeping you broke, and you're making really bad choices. You need to leave that behind. Leave those bags down here. I'm not going to do that. So you say, okay, I'll try to help you out of the pit. So you grab that first rung of that ladder, and and they grab six bags. They got three bags in each hand. They start off at 180 pounds. Now they're 500 pounds. And now all of a sudden, you got them by the scruff of the neck trying to drag them up a ladder. Finally, after the second rung, you say, I can't do this. I can't drag you out of the pit. You got to let go of your bags. And they won't do it. And I tell you the truth, some of them will never do it. And at that point, you've got to say, we're filling up with quicksand. I'm already waist deep. I can't do this. I got to let you go. Sometimes, my friends, you just got to let them go and realize there's certain people you can't be with, certain behavioral patterns you can't do, certain places you can't go, certain things you can't see, and realize that our grace that we have from God Almighty is sufficient for us, but behavioral patterns and choices that we make can drag us in and keep us in the pit all the days of our life. Sometimes you got to drop the bags. If they're willing to and you can help them, Get out of that pit. If they leave their bags behind, you can change their lives. But until they're willing and ready, the Bible says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the fruit of the land. Guys, it says willing and obedient. That means you have to want to get out of the pit. You want to listen to what God's word says, and you want to climb out of the pit, and you don't want to stay in the pit. And if your friends are willing to do that, you can pray with them, and you can help them. And they may slip a little bit. You may have to help pick them up again, but they're going to change their lives. That's what a true born-again experience is, the willingness to say, Father, I've sinned against you. I believe in Jesus Christ, your son, who you sent us, part of the triune Godhead. I ask you to forgive me for what I've done. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit and bring me forgiveness for what I've done. I ask you to forgive me. I repent for what I've done. I accept you for who you say you are, and I will serve Jesus all the days of my life. That's a true born-again experience. I don't care what denomination you are. You have to have that in your heart to understand who you are and that God's grace is sufficient for you. And we all need Jesus to get out of the pit, every one of us, because all of us were once in that pit. And we had to choose whether we wanted to get out of the pit or not get in the pit. I remember I was living in my mom's house. I was like 16 years old. I was a senior in college. Uh, high school, I'm sorry. I went to high school senior. As high, I became a high school senior when I was 16 because they put me in a year, year early. And I remember we had an elevated foundation on the house. It was like two feet off the ground. The bottom of the shower floor had rotted out. I could see the ground underneath the house. And I'm showering like this, and I'm just having to stand on two floor joists, trying not to get nails on my feet, looking at the mud splashing underneath me, hoping that some critter wasn't going to crawl up on top of me, and some snake that I couldn't stab to kill so many snakes. And... I thought to myself, I am not going to live like this. I will never live like this. And that's what you have to do if you want to crawl out of that pit. You've got to choose God. You've got to choose Jesus. And you've got to say, all the days of my life, I'm going to serve him. Because I know that with God, all things are possible. And with Jesus, it makes it possible to have a covenant with the Most High God. And I can be redeemed back by faith and through grace 
to be with God for all of eternity. So my dot in this line of eternity will matter for all of eternity. That's my opening statement this morning, Austin. What do you think, bud? Wow, that was incredible, bud. That was extremely accurate and a really, really good example, an analogy of what we see a lot of times so much with so many people. And, you know, to push off of that as well, you know, I've, I've seen it in so many people's lives when they have incidents occur, tragedies or things they've done in the past or mishaps or misfortunes. And sometimes these individuals you know, they'll focus on this and they'll look back, oh, this happened to me when I was younger. This happened to me. And there's no question about it. You know, certain books, certain chapters on your shelf got to be reopened time and time again. You got to look at stuff. You got to reflect on things going, you know what? This happened back then. And this happened back then. You know, that's that was an interesting learning curve. And then you got to put that book back on the shelf. Got to put it back up. You say, okay, I'll reflect on that later on again if I need to look at something. But other than that, that book's on the shelf. It's in the library. And so many people I've seen over the years where something happens to them and they just want to live in that constantly, whether it happened when they were younger, whether it happened when they were older, and they wanted to just live in that state all the time. And that's another one of those giant bags sometimes people carry. And, you know, I heard an analogy years ago, and I've talked about it before on the show. You're driving down the interstate. You're driving 70, 80 miles an hour. You're getting on it, and all of a sudden you decide, you know what, I'm just going to try to drive on the interstate, but I'm only going to stare in the rearview mirror. All I'm going to do, I'm going to stare in the rearview mirror while I'm driving forward. Well, newsflash, it's probably going to end up pretty poorly for you at some point. Once you're focusing on what everything is behind you, you're not looking at things that are ahead. You're not looking at the positives. You're not looking at the gifts. You're not looking at the goals. You're not looking at things you're constantly driving towards to become better. You're so focused on looking behind you all the time. And that's one of the things you got to do. You got to look in the rearview mirror occasionally. Oh, absolutely. Look back. Reflect sometimes. But then you got to put your eyes back on where you're going. And that's so important. And it's hard for some people. And I, I get it. You know, it's sometimes you look back at stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah. And one of the things about that is look back at things with sometimes fond memories, learning curves. I've done that over the years. When I've made mistakes or done stuff. I look back and say, you know what? That was a learning curve. You know, I mean, wasn't something I will do again. <laughs> wasn't something that I think is conducive long term to repeatedly do. But you know what? Uh, that happened. It's over with now, and uh, you know I know what not to do now, or I know what to do now in certain situations. And that's very, very important. Same thing comes down with the health. You know, if you know you're trying to get back in shape, if you know you're trying to lose 30, 40, 50 pounds, you can't constantly look back and go, man, look how I was just so, so overweight, still am. Look how fat I was last month. I just am not figuring this out. No, 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 no. You look at your goals. Say, okay, what am I going to try to do this month? I'm going to try and drop five pounds this month. That's the goal. This next month, I'm trying another five, ten pounds. I'm gonna another goal, another goal, another goal, and then occasionally you can look back and look at photos. You go, man, look at me back then. Look at where I'm at now. Look how far I've come. What a blessing. What a strength and delivery services has been. I've gone forward. I've done well, doing good. Now continue to do good. You don't want to sit back and look at photos every day and say, man, I was so obese back then. I was so out of shape back then, man. Love those times. Every day I'm going to stare at my photos and look how obese I was. No, no, no. You don't do that. Nobody would do that. You look at what you're doing, what you've become, your goals, what you've hit, what you're proud of doing now. And that's so important because if you're eating really poorly, if you're doing a lot of stuff you shouldn't be doing, if you're ingesting a lot of compounds or food that are not healthy for you, look back and go, okay, what can I do to change it now? What can I do today? 
That's why I bring so much stuff up on the show all the time. So his dad, as far as with health, <laughs> that's actually what we do on a regular basis. A lot of times the show, we get some sideline articles, different topics. But the truth about it is your health is one of your most valuable assets. You've got to continually do everything you can to maintain it. There's going to be a lot of stuff you do sometimes that are not good. And you look back and you go, ah, you know what, it's probably wasn't the best thing. But let's move forward on this. Oh, you know, that wasn't one of the best things. Okay, let's move forward on this. And you continually work towards it. Same thing we talked about with kids. It's even more important with young kids' diet. I mean, I went into detail this week. You listen earlier this week's show is because children follow your example. They see what you do. You know, if they see every time you guys eat dinner, you got to have a big, giant, fat ice cream sundae every single meal, every single dinner. All right, we ate dinner now. I need me my 2,000-calorie bowl of ice cream. They start wondering, hey, I, I want ice cream after every meal. Isn't it interesting that most children always end up looking and resembling like the parents do when it comes to body composition? It's not genetics, by the way, as far as when it comes to obesity. That topic has already been debunked numerous times. People brought that up. Well, you know, it's, it's in, my, it's in my, my DNA to have really high blood pressure, high cholesterol, be obese. No, it's not. Now, there may be certain markers that you're more predisposed to, but usually families look like each other because they all eat the same way. Look at different people. I've seen people that have been direct family members. One group is unbelievably healthy. Other groups, unbelievably overweight. They're both related. What's the difference? It's lifestyle. It's what they put in their body on a regular basis. It's how they detox their body on a regular basis. Are they cleansing their body out? Are they running GHI cleanse every single day to constantly get the toxins out? Are they going in and taking, like Dad said, the N-acetylcysteine, the natokinase, the vitamin E, keeping that circulatory system strong? There's so many different things you can do on a regular basis. All you got to do is implement them and then start today, you know. How many push-ups can you do today? If you're physically able to actually work out safely, you know, if you have a serious injury or something, I don't, you know, recommend that without a doctor's advice. But I've told people before, how many push-ups can you do right now? How many push-ups can you do? How many pull-ups can you do? You know, is it one? Is it zero? Is it five? I don't know. Find out. You know, there's an aspect. I, for, I forgot what uh, – there was a Greek theologian who said this, and essentially I'm paraphrasing. He said, what a shame it is for a man to never see – what physical abilities he can maximize and what physical things he can obtain as far as from a physical standpoint through his whole life. What a shame it is to never reach those things. How many pull-ups can you do? How many push-ups can you do? Question. See what the body can do. Body's incredible. When you start pushing it to degrees you never even understand and fathom, it's amazing what you can see it do, especially if it's done in a safe manner, controlled manner. I don't mean running around doing crazy stuff with CrossFit, you know, let's see how many clean and jerks I can do with 225 in 15 seconds and then run and do walking lunges, box jumps at the same time while I'm doing a cartwheel. Don't that stuff silly. Don't do stuff like that. I've seen so many friends I know get involved with a lot of the CrossFit activity and get unbelievably injured. Now, I'm not saying there's not a lot of good exercises with CrossFit, a lot of good goals and ideas and concepts, but be very cautious when you start exercising to make sure you're doing it as controlled as possible, and then expanding within your limits. And don't allow somebody to push you into something that you're not physically able to do or that your body or joints or ligaments can't physically handle at the time. Just, I'm just throwing that out. That's a little side note. As I've watched so many of my friends and people that I know get involved in CrossFit, and two or three months later, they're in the hospital, or they're in a brace, or they're in an ankle boot, or they're in a sling. And I'm like, what happened? I'm like, oh, man. 
You don't even want to know. And I'm like, okay, um, well, tell me. So again, my friends, it's so important. As we see a lot of these things happen right now, there's an awakening, like Dad said. There's a lot of people that are waking up, and then there's some people that just won't listen at all, ever. You know, There's certain things people address and go, you know what? You're right. That is something that I need to watch. That is something that I need to work on. You know, and let's, let's, let's address it, and let's move forward, and let's monitor it. Then there's other people you talk to about stuff, and they're like, no, I don't believe you. That's a lie. You know, but what, why, why, why did they talk about the missing Pentagon budget of billions of dollars the day before 9-11 and then an alleged plane that didn't exist that nobody ever saw and there was no fuselage happened to hit the exact part of the Pentagon where they were doing the accounting for all the lost money through the billions of dollars – or the trillions of dollars, excuse me, through the DOD. You know, it's funny. I went to the bank the other day. There's a guy that works there, really cool guy, tall guy, used to play basketball, really, really awesome guy, and he's helped me out with a lot of stuff. And we get in this discussion in the middle of the lobby about 9-11, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like – and I can see the whole staff in the bank is looking at him. And so we're talking about it. He's being vocal about it. And I'm like – I told him, I said, man, you better be careful here with your job. I said, I'm no shy individual. I said, I'll talk about any of this anywhere. I said, but you be careful you're on the clock right now. And he goes, well, you know, Austin. He goes, you know a plane didn't hit the Pentagon. I said, oh, okay. you want to go down that rabbit hole right now? And he's like, oh, I, I know it didn't. You know it didn't. There was, there was no turbines. There was no fuselage. And I said, here's one for you, bud. I said, why can't we go to Antarctica? He looks at me and goes, I've read about that. Is that is that accurate? I said, try to go to Antarctica. Try to schedule a trip to Antarctica as a civilian without DOD clearance and find out what happens. I said, you can travel to any length of the entire globe, anywhere you want on a travel map, anywhere you want. Book a flight. You'll leave tomorrow. Try to go to Antarctica. Oh, no, you can't do that, guys, because the penguins are migrating. It's really cold. You can't go down there. Well, what about next month? No, 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 you can't go down there at all. Well, you can get the little peninsula, the little Rothschild Peninsula, they call it. Watch the penguins jump in the water. And I want to go into Antarctica. No, 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 you can't, you can't do that. There's, there's over 60 different countries that have military bases there uh, because it's, it's a frozen continent. There's nothing there. So they have 60 military bases there and an entire Antarctic treaty because it's an ice continent with nothing there except penguins. That seems like a really poor allocation of finances, if you ask me. Oh, no, no, it's, it's a science, guys. You know, you, if you fly into there, They'll shoot you down. It's for your protection, though. I said that in the middle of the bank. He started laughing. He goes, really? I said, yeah, look it up. He goes, I'm, i got to look this up now. <laughs> we start talking about a couple other things. But you can tell he's got the spark. He's got the idea. He's got the seed planted of something odd's going on. Something's very strange right now. I want to know more. And when you run into people like that, my friends, always encourage them. Always encourage them to look more, to look past the box, to look outside the matrix and say, do you want to learn more? (laughs) Which pill do you want? Which one do you want to take? Do you want to know what's really happening right now? And encourage them because that's exactly right. There's two pretty much sets of people right now. You've got thinkers and you've got non-thinkers. That's really as clear cut as it gets. You've got the people that ask questions. You've got the people that want to know. And then you've got the people that simply just go, no, 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 no. Don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. I mean that's why we talked about earlier this month with the article that came out from the Children's Health Defense when they went in with that uh, – with Science Magazine. Science Magazine talking about the link between coronavirus vaccines and long COVID-like illnesses. That goes into detail on the unusual case of neurological complications and blood pressure swings and myocarditis after vaccination. Science Magazine posted on this, for goodness sakes now. 
But you know what's I think the most frustrating part about all of this is I just want an apology. I really do. I'm not asking for a lot. I want an apology from the federal government and from Bobblehead Fauci and from all the clowns that literally called us extremists and called us all these horrific names because we simply questioned what was in the shot. The fact that we now have Science Magazine linking significant side effects and COVID-like illnesses from the vaccine, and yet nothing to see here. Don't ask questions. Don't talk about that. We're not allowed to talk about that. That's that's no, no, you know, you don't bring that up. I remember watching people I knew with big social media accounts get completely banned, thrown off. We we got kicked off YouTube years ago. So I was I was already used to it. I looked at him and go, first time. <laughs> this is your first time. Oh, good. have fun with that. And I remember seeing people's accounts get completely frozen. Big old fact checker. We have fact checked this and it is false. COVID vaccinations have not been linked to any type of health problems. They are safe and effective. Now we got Science Magazine going into detail about the side effects after vaccination from this COVID RNA shot. So my friends, this is what you have to ask the question. And I learned this a long time ago, and Dad taught me this, especially in vehicle deals and dealerships. Whenever you get someone, and it can be anything, whether or not it's just vehicle, whether it's a COVID shot, this, this can be adapted and applied to anything. Listen to me on this. If somebody tries to get you involved in something, and they want you to do it right now, don't ask questions. Don't look at the papers. Don't, don't, don't question anything. You need to do it right now. Listen, you've got to do it right now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be gone. It's going to be gone in 20 minutes. If you don't do it right now, it's over with. It's gone. You're not going to be able to get it. you got to do it right now. It's for your safety. It's for your protection. It's the best deal. No, don't look at this. Don't look at that. Just do it right now. Sign the papers. Ask the question, what is their intent and what are they benefiting from it? Because as soon as you take a step back, you'll notice a lot of times in these situations, I've been in them before, you simply go, no, 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 I want to. I want to see some more of this. I want to read some more on this. What is going on with this? I want to learn more. No, 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 no. Why do you want to do that? Well, you don't want this deal. You don't want to do this. You don't want to have the, the best deal I'm giving you right now. You understand? Someone else is going to buy it right now. Somebody, I already, actually, I just got a phone call right now. I got a phone call right now. He's going to buy it if you don't buy it right now. Okay, tell him to come in and buy it. <laughs> I've done it for us. I've watched that. Okay, come, come buy it. I'm leaving, by the way, because I'm not going to be pressured and pushed into something I don't want to do, so I'm gone. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know, so the buyer may be flaking out. Are you sure you don't want it? No, actually, I definitely don't want it now. I'm not going to do business with somebody that's this disrespectful. Anything like that, whether it's vehicle deals with anything, whether it's vaccinations, when they start telling you, you got to do it right now, you got to do it right now, don't ask questions, don't wait for anything, you got to do it right now for your safety and protection, run in the opposite direction and get well-armed for anything that's about to occur. These things are going to start happening more and more and more as the beta test with the psychological warfare of what we call the COVID pandemic is going to get more and more aggressive. They're going to push more stuff out, just like they're doing with climate change now. Oh, no, no. We've got to ban all gas cars now, and we've got to ban gas generators, and we've got to ban gas stoves, and we've got to ban thinking, and we've got to ban eating, and we've got to ban drinking. The only thing you can do is drink your liquid bugs. That's all you can do. That's going to save the planet right now because you got to understand if we don't do this right now, the climate change is going to blow up the earth in two years. Same thing people do all the time with the fear porn on alt media. Oh, you gotta, you got to buy this right now. There's going to be a nuclear bomb in 72 hours. I've, I've, I've talked to everybody. I know it's going to occur. There's a nuke coming right now. I'm like, really? You know how many times you've heard that? I know you guys have heard that repeatedly. For years, I've heard that fear porn. That's why I don't bring it up on the show. I don't go along with it. There's an article earlier that was talking that I was reading earlier talking about how these giant silos now have been blown up in Ukraine. 
And now there's all this food shortages now. And it was, it was Russia. It was Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia tar- targeted the silos and blew up all this grain, all these wheat silos. Now the wheat prices are going to skyrocket due to shortages. Kind of like when we had all these chicken farms, egg farms from chickens constantly blow up at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning, constantly catch on fire randomly all across the country. Then egg prices skyrocketed through the roof. Who do you think shorted the market, guys? Who do you think was involved with that? You think that was coincidental? You think that was just an accident? Now suddenly, Russia's destroyed 60,000 metric tons of grain in Odessa. Oh, the grain prices are going to go up. Everything you see is theater with these guys. So continue to use wisdom. Operate out of wisdom, not a spirit of fear. With You can be concerned. You can be adapted. You can look at things and go, ah, that's probably an issue. I need to make sure I'm looking into that. I need to make sure I'm prepared for that. I mean, make sure I'm ready for that. But never operate with a spirit of fear because God did not give us a spirit of fear. Every time you constantly read about in the Bible, like an angel shows up, what does he say? Fear not, for I am with thee. Fear not. He doesn't say, be terrified. I'm going to spook you. I'm here to scare you. He goes, no, fear not. Fear not, I am with you. Continue, my friends, to get the truth out there and encourage one another to do the same. I appreciate everything you do and constantly do for Health Masters and getting the truth out there because we couldn't do it without y'all. This movement that we're starting to see in the United States is enormous. The awakening of what people are starting to realize, uh, the truth, is getting pushed out there. So I appreciate everything you do. Thank you for keeping up the fight with us. And what's your next story, Dan? What do you think? You know, today's show is just going to be a green show. I, I just, you know, the first segments we're doing here are just basically something that people need to hear on an ongoing basis, especially about choices and consequences. And uh, you're right, Austin, it's the constant, never-ending fear porn. I've got a good friend of mine, good friend. I've uh, been a real support for me for the past year. I mean, the guy's amazing. He's you know, he lived in the crane for many years. He told me there really is a battle going on over there. And, you know, and I know that I know there's a real battle going on, but all this stuff that we hear from the media, like grain silos being blown up. I mean, what is this? You know, Putin now being, you know, Sherman's march to the sea. Did Putin do it? Did he blow up grain silos? Did grain silos actually get blown up? We don't know. We don't know. We actually don't know. Shortage of wheat now, shortage of bread prices. You know, the price is going to go through the roof. And it's like you said, Austin, who's shorted the market? Don't you remember right before 9-11, this big group of investors came in and shorted the American Airlines stock? And made huge amounts of money on it because they were the ones that had the inside information. Don't you wonder why, you know, when the trade towers came down, so many people didn't show up to work that day? Hmm? There's probably tens of thousands of people working in those trade towers, and a whole bunch of them never showed up that day. It had the inside information. And all of a sudden, towers come crashing down. You know, Judy Wood wrote an excellent book, Where Did the Towers Go? You know, and so she's asking the question. I mean, she calls it molecular disassociation. And how they were basically vaporized from a space-based weapons platform that was drawing energy from a hurricane. It was just off the coast up there in the northeast right when the towers came down that you've never been told about. You can do the research on that. September the 11th, hurricane off the coast of New York. And something was pulling huge amounts of energy off of that front. And apparently she felt as though that it was also generating enough energy to power some massive ray that was causing molecular disassociation because she says, as a structural engineer, that the amount of debris that fell to the ground wasn't the weight of the towers. It wasn't even close to it. The most of the tower had turned to powder, to dust, and disassociated and just basically floated through the air. That's why you saw that massive dust plume leave, you know, Manhattan after the towers came down. 
in General Stubblebine, who's worked in researching with the CIA for years and years and years, he even said, I don't know what hit the Pentagon. He didn't speculate. I will. It was a missile. But Stubblebine didn't want to say that. But he said, what I will tell you didn't hit the Pentagon was a, was a, was a Boeing, was a plane. Where are the wing marks? And plus, I've, I've talked to you about ground effect. You can't fly a jumbo jet, a huge plane like that, at 50 feet above ground level. You have too much pressure under the wings from being close to the ground, creating too much lift at 600 miles an hour. These planes can't fly 600 miles an hour until they're 40,000 feet because the atmosphere is too thick. It was all a lie. That's why they came in and seized all of the physical evidence and all of the photographic evidence and all the videos and all the security evidence all around the Pentagon that showed that there was no plane. It showed there was no plane. Finally, after about 10, 15 years, they released three or four frames, and there was no plane. It was no plane. It was a missile, and it happened to hit the area of the Pentagon that had done all the research, saying they were showing that there was $2 trillion worth of money mess missing for the Pentagon. Just thought I'd mention that one, too, because that was announced by Rumsfeld the day before the attack. All of these things, you kind of have to put the pieces together. You go, well, none of this stuff is true. Oh, gosh, please don't do that. Just do your own research. You know, I was telling that person I was with yesterday, my date. I said, you know, just do the research. Find out what aluminum does. Find out what mercury does. Do the research and find out what happens with heavy metal toxicity. Find out when a child is born, like Austin talked about yesterday, and they give them a vitamin K shot, all the aluminum that's in that shot. Or they give them the hepatitis shot, all the mercury that's in that shot. The first thing they do with these children when they come out of the womb is they inject them with neurotoxins to destroy synaptic function to make sure they're lower than the IQs from the very, very, very beginning. Don't allow them to do that to your kids. Don't allow them to do that. I remember we had two of our children – we're, you know, we're born, we're born by, uh, you know, by midwives, and two of them were born in the hospital. And I told both the hospitals, if you inject my child with a hepatitis shot or that vitamin K shot, I said, I will sue the hospital. You do not do this because, you know, when you're going through that and you're having the duress of having a child birth and child delivery, you got to be willing to stand your ground and realize that this is not going to be okay. Make those decisions before that baby comes. Don't allow yourself to be put under duress. I've got to give the shot right now. He's not going to be able to clot his blood. He's just he's going to bleed out. No, he's not. No, he's not. It's stupid. It's stupid, stupid, stupid. Just tie off the umbilical cord correctly. I mean, what the heck do they say that junk for? But again, it's part of the medical dogma that Dr. Mendelson talked about so much in Confessions of a Medical Heretic. The dogma becomes so entrenched in the thinking that these medical professionals, in most cases, about 90 percent of them, cannot think outside of the box and say, no, we're not going to do that because it comes standard medical procedure. Zig Ziglar, a good friend of mine, I dedicated my first book to him. He said something very interesting. He said that you know, they were talking about how grandma you know, always ended up cutting the end of the ham off. And so mother cut off the end of the ham, and then finally granddaughter's cutting off the end of the ham before they're cooking it. In fact, let's not even use ham. Let's use a pot roast. Because uh, I don't like ham. We don't eat pork. So grandma always cut, cut off the end of the pot roast. You know, mom always cut off the end of the pot roast, and now the daughter's cutting off the end of the pot roast. She's throwing part of the pot roast away. And finally, she said, why do we throw this part of the pot roast away? And she asks her mother, and she goes, well, I don't know. My, grand, my mom did it. So, so you're saying grandma's the one who threw the end of the pot roast away. And yeah, that's why she, that's how I cook for pot roast now, because everybody does that in our family. She goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why don't we ask grandma? She's still alive. Why she threw the end of the pot roast away? So they call grandma up and put her on a conference call. And they ask grandma, grandma, we got to ask you a question. You know, for Christmas, you always made pot roast. Why did you cut the end of the pot roast off and throw it away? She goes, because my roasting pan was too small. And they go, what? Well, yeah, it wouldn't fit. There's nothing wrong with the end of the pot roast. My pan just wasn't big enough. Oh. That's odd. So here we had three generations of people throwing the end of the pot roast away because it wouldn't fit in grandma's roaster. And that's how entrenched dogma happens, isn't it? Oh, no, no, no. You can't do this. You can't do that. A fluoride toothpaste is good for you. It's not a neurotoxin. It's not rat poison. You know, fluoride in the water is good for you, you know, for 70 years.
after they started doing that after World War II, after they did the research out of Dachau, and they found that you keep inmates, inmates servile and fertile. The Nazis figured that out by giving them fluoride, making them so they didn't want to do anything besides be docile and be slaves and produce weapons, and they couldn't reproduce. So let's pump the fluoride to everybody. But don't tell anybody about how poisonous it is. Don't tell them that we use it in rat poison. Don't tell them when it comes into the water systems that it comes in giant containers, big 55-gallon drums that are covered with skull and crossbones, super poison. Don't tell them that. Just a little bit of poison will be good for them. No, it's not. It's poison. It's always poison. People go into a restaurant and they order bottled water and they get ice cubes. (laughs) What's the point of drinking bottled water if you're using the ice cubes that are contaminated with fluorine and chloride? And remember, these are halogens, you know, on the periodic table. And, you know, iodine's a halogen. And the thyroid thinks that fluorine and chlorine iodine, it absorbs it, interferes with thyroid function, causes people to gain weight. All of this stuff is real. So don't put fluorine, don't put chlorine in your body. I love you guys. I had, the, I had the distinct opportunity to pray for you guys. I appreciate you. I really, really enjoyed today's show. I want you to send this one to everybody. Let's do some preaching every once in a while like that. I like that. I like being under the anointing like that. And I want to thank you for your support because without you, we wouldn't be here. Thank you for all the letters you send me. And thank you for all the letters that you send us on, our, on your orders when you put your comments in. Thank you for supporting us because without you, we couldn't be here. And you guys are the answer to many, many solutions for many, many people. I appreciate you. Austin, what do you think, buddy? Go ahead and finish up. Uh, you're absolutely spot on. And I mean, sometimes, you know, people just need a little bit of encouragement or need to hear some truth. You know, yesterday I stopped by a buddy's mine shop, an off-road shop, and was talking to him about some truck stuff. And uh, this girl came in with her husband. I overheard them. She was complaining about how her little infant was super sick, had a fever, and baby was staying with her mom. And... I kind of kept listening to the conversation. I didn't want to say anything at first. And then I looked at him and said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. How, how old's your baby? Oh, he's, he's six months old. I said, did you happen to give him all the vaccines? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We made sure we gave him all the vaccines. And I said, how long, just out of curiosity, how long, how long did you go you give him those? Oh, he got his shots like a couple of days ago. And he's just, I don't know what's going on. He's super sick right now with a fever. And I looked at him. I probably shouldn't have said this. It wasn't my place. But I bring stuff up. You guys know how I am. I said, did you ever think? Did the shots maybe causing the fever? And all of a sudden they go, What? And I said, Oh, you need to do your research on that. I said, I don't I don't vaccinate any of my children. I've never been vaccinated. None of my friends vaccinate their children. They go, What? I said, Oh, just do, do some research. You know, there's a couple of links you can look up. Oh, we've never heard about that before. I said, Well, we want to look at that next time. So you find it a funny correlation that your son is suddenly super sick with a horrible fever? Right after you get the shots, just don't throw that out there. You guys look into that. And it was interesting because you could tell they weren't, you know, against what I was saying. They just didn't really understand it. Sometimes you just got to put some information out there. Sometimes you just got to give some people some encouragement, some advice and say, hey, listen, this is what we need to do. This is what you should do. This is something you need to look at. Make your own decision, but I'll just give you some of that advice. So again, my friends, keep getting the truth out there every single day. Be ongoing patriot. We're watching this this revolution right now, essentially, in the United States. We're watching it occur firsthand. We're watching these things as far as the next Bolshevik revolution. We're in the middle of it. There's nothing boring about right now. There's no question about that. And this is why you're seeing this. <laughs> That's hard- true. It is. There's nothing boring right now, Dad. That's one thing about it. Anybody says they're bored right now, you were just got your head in the sand. This is an interesting time to be alive. 
time like no other right now. It just means it's that time for us to step up, to speak freely, to talk loudly, to be strong, to be vocal, to say, okay, this is what we need to do, my friends. This is how we need to do it. This is what we need to do to encourage one another. And the first step in acknowledging that is acknowledging the threat, is acknowledging the problem, saying, okay, listen, we know this is happening right now. We know they're coming after the kids. We know they're trying to indoctrinate them, and we know what they're pushing. That's why I've been very pleased to see this massive slump with Disney, not because I get great joy out of watching companies devalue, even though I absolutely disdain Disney, but I enjoy seeing people stand up and vote with their dollars. I've said this shot of Freud off. Years. Shot of Freud, yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not sitting around going, oh, I'm so excited somebody's doing poorly. But when I see people that are promoting perversion, when I see people that are intentionally trying to indoctrinate children and stuff starts happening to them negatively, well, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes is my comment on that. So you, my friends, have a fantastic weekend. Stay strong, stay healthy, stay wealthy and wise. Continue to get the truth out there. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. You can call us at 1-800-726-1834. We appreciate the ongoing support. Be sure to check out a bunch of the sales we're putting on the front page over the weekend. Be sure to check out the B-Complex as product of the week. Fantastic formula. It's one I take every single day. I take two with my lunch. So be sure to try it out if you want. See how it does for you. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay strong. We'll talk to you again on the show Monday as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.